Hey everybody, this is Mark Scott. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to Closer Than You Think on Substack. Uh, this episode we're going to call The Elect. It's not the best title for it, but subtitle is Was Democracy on Your Ballot? Because I could not find it on mine. You know, I heard many people saying democracy was on the ballot this year for the midterm elections. So I was already upset, honestly, because I never found it in any of the races on my ballot when I voted. I saw Abbott, I saw O'Rourke, I saw many other names, but no one named democracy anywhere up and down my ballot. I went to a school board forum for my community and visited their websites. <clears throat> I saw all of their campaign signs around town. I still did not find anyone called democracy, not even as a nickname. And then uh, just a couple days ago, I heard Nancy Pelosi talking about the election results and highlighting them. And she said democracy was on the ballot again. And so I was still confused by that. But then she also added that freedom was on the ballot as well. Now, uh, wait just a minute because there was no freedom on my ballot either. And so I don't know, maybe these election deniers, they're onto something because I didn't have freedom as a choice in any of the races. I don't know if I had a fraudulent ballot. I don't know what somebody's trying to pull here. There was no democracy, no freedom for me to select. So I, I'm just, I'm a little confused and frustrated about what's going on there. Um, obviously, I am saying all of this tongue in cheek and that's um, just, I'm joking about it. But really, all of this goes to this narrative that so many were pushing. If you vote for the other party, then you're voting against democracy. Then you're voting against freedom. And the stakes are so high. And you can't vote for them or we're going to lose our country. And if the other party is in place by result, now get this. If the other party is in place by result of your free exercise of voting in a democratic process, then we will have lost our democracy and freedom. Now, isn't that ironic? So now the measure of my freedom is whether or not I disagree with the people in power. Something just sounds a little off about that to me. Uh, it reminds me of a few days before the election, some tweets were going out and Joe Biden uh, tweeted, two days until the most important election in our lifetime. And Sarah Isger responded, please stop saying this. A, it's not true, and B, it causes people to believe that their way of life and the continued existence of the country is under threat if their candidates lose. And she's right, because that's where we are. People think that we're literally going to lose our democracy if other candidates are in office. And it's just it's just interesting. You know, when will all of this fear-mongering and deception ever stop? It's it's immature, and it literally causes people to hate other people. I mean, that's what we're seeing. Um, so I'm just going to tell you up front and say something here that's going to risk me losing readers and listeners, um, which I already don't have many of to begin with, but let the cat out of the bag here that these days I'm more philosophically libertarian, probably, um, in many of my views, and this strikes some people as odd because I'm also a public school educator and most people in education <laughs> don't think that way. Most people in public work, uh, i.e. government jobs, 
don't tend to favor a political party whose major plank is less government, right? So that, that kind of makes sense. Um, a little bit of an anomaly in that regard, although I have encountered some others that um, have a similar bent, if you will. Um, it also goes without saying that libertarians really don't stand a chance to win in many races anywhere in this country. And I will admit that in this past election, I voted early. I voted for some people that had an R by their name, um, a couple that had a D by their name, and then some that had an L by their name as well. Not L as in loser, like take the loss, although they did lose. But um, Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians. I, I don't vote straight ticket. Um, I can't think of the last time I did that, a long, long time ago. Uh, but besides my previous post about the school board campaigns, I really won't venture much into political issues in my substack unless there's an obvious connection to my primary focus of how we transform our major institutions to better serve the next generation. Now, politics, you could say, is a major institution, but my wheelhouses are more in how we reform the Christian uh, church, Christian religion, as I call it, and public education uh, more more so than politics, that's that's not where I have expertise. I'm a typical layperson who does not take the time to understand all of the facets of local offices or parse out the distinctions between one position or another. Although I will say I, I probably do a better job than most in that regard. But um, it, it's just I don't understand every little nuance of every position and every office and and what that is. So I'm sure that's true of the average citizen. But I think it's important that we get to at least some basic understanding of what's going on in some of these races. So with that being said, uh, I'm just a random guy who's going to now offer some unsolicited analysis of the voting process and um, our election process with a couple of my own thoughts that really nobody asked for and maybe nobody cares about. But it's just me riffing a little bit here. First of all, I want to say that contrary to the popular get out the vote obsession that really guilts every person into thinking it is their civic duty and patriotic responsibility to vote for every race in every election, I actually contend that a person should withhold from voting in an election they don't understand. Now, like I said before, you're not going to understand all the details and nuances, and there's a lot of misinformation that you have to wade through as well, and all of that factors in. But if I cannot make an informed distinction between two candidates based on evidence or policy, not on soundbite advertisements or campaign mudslinging, then how is it patriotic to cast a vote to put one person in office over another? And so I want to distinguish here that, yes, I definitely think we need to value our American right to vote. I mean, this is a beautiful and powerful thing that we have. I want my daughters to vote. I want them to exercise their right as they get older and, and encounter elections to have that opportunity to do so. It is technically correct that it is our American right and I would say even civic duty to vote. Um, the problem I have is that most of the people that are telling us that are doing so because they think it benefits them. It is part of a manipulation process that is just um, based on fear. And 
it's hard for me to believe that uninformed voting is less harmful than not voting. And I was really thinking about this recently because I was thinking, well, there's a lot of really close, tight races. And, you know, in those cases, even if you don't know, you know, what's going on, maybe you should vote. And then I thought about it more and I was like, no, even more so to the point, it's even more true, not less true, that uninformed voting can be more harmful in those tight races than just not voting in a, in a race you don't understand. So like I said earlier, my, this past election, my ballot had some R's, some D's, some L's, and there were uh, a few races, uh, not many, but a few that I abstained from voting in, um, just didn't feel like I was knowledgeable enough to make an informed vote or decision in those matters. Now, some will argue that they think it's better to just vote straight ticket in those cases because then you can at least promote conservative or liberal ideas. Uh, I get that. that. That does make some sense. You can do your part to push the country or at least your part of the country, your area where you live, more to the right or to the left maybe with your vote. Um, I understand the thinking behind that. I'm just not so sure that it's good or, or true. Um, I'm not sure that it's good. I People represented by elephants or donkeys uh, do not have any inherently obvious moral code that they both are are not ready to throw away at a moment's notice when it's politically expedient to do so. So I I I just don't think that you have earned my straight ticket vote either way. Um, some of the values that we think conservatives are behind and stand for small government, for example, um, have really been undermined by a lot of practices in recent years with increased spending time and time again and overreach of power and control uh, in lots of different ways. Uh, liberals, you know, uh, progressives value social justice and, and different efforts in that area. But again, a lot of their practices and policies undermine what they say they value in those areas. So it's hard to even take them at their word. I'll give you an example of that uh, recently, and that is President Biden's student loan forgiveness policy. And I want to credit David French for um, some of this thinking. He offered a really good perspective on this. Um, and so first of all, it's, in my opinion, my opinion only, you can argue this, it's financially absurd right off the bat due to the cost of it, which would be the basic conservative argument to it. So that, that part is really kind of falls into those lines anyway. The more important point, though, in my point that I'm trying to make about the value system and not matching up is that the student loan forgiveness policy that he proposed um, would redistribute wealth to help, uh, sorry, those that are more likely to succeed and do well, those that already have financial means rather than help the poor like it claims. So the people in society most likely to succeed and do well, the people with a statistical advantage to be able to gain financial means are college graduates. And so this act and I'm using the term act loosely, it's not really an act, there was no legislation passed by Congress. It, it takes money from a pool of people, taxpayers, most of whom are not college graduates, and requires part of their money to then go to those people who are college graduates. 
it is assistance aimed in the wrong direction. Even if one could get past the other morally questionable elements of the policy, the obvious things like some people paid off their debts and now we're rewarding those who didn't and all of that. Um, just when you get back down to what the liberal argument even might be, it doesn't even hold up. And so I don't know if it's good and true to, to just say we're going to promote one party over another because of their um, lean one way or the other, because they undermine their own values many times. And honestly, what is right and left anymore anyway? If being conservative or on the right makes you emphasize individuality more than collectivism, and if being liberal or on the left makes you more inclined toward collectivism than individuality, how often does that actually hold true? Um, I'm going to attach an article or interview in the show notes if anybody's interested in seeing some more about that idea. And I think a book's coming out early next year on that idea as well. Um, so there's that that part. That, that was part and point. That was what that word was um, at the same time. Um, another thing is the idea that if you're voting third party or libertarian, that you're throwing away your vote. Um, I'm throwing away my vote, and that's a, a constant argument. I just want to say that it's interesting um, who makes that argument. Um, I will I will say that it, one of the sources, I, I just want to share this with you, uh, voting for a candidate other than a Republican or Democrat is throwing away a vote. And this is from Keaton Browder who's an opinion writer for a publication affiliated with Liberty University. Liberty University, if you know, is very, very conservative. Um, comes out of the Jerry Falwell camp. And another statement that Keaton Browder made is, do not be stubborn or indecisive. Do not vote for a third party. Um, and so it's, it's people that are a little more extreme in some of their views that... Uh, feel this way, and, and we hear that a lot from. So let me uh, break this down a little bit. Because the idea that voting for somebody who's not a Republican or Democrat is throwing away your vote, in light of what's going on in America right now and politics, is very fascinating to me. Um, let's take this last election, and according to Bloomberg, Let's just analyze what happened here. Democratic groups had spent $36 million in 13 Republican primaries this year for ads to help elevate candidates they determined would be weaker opponents in the general election. At the federal level, Democratic groups spent $8.5 million to influence the outcome of Republican primaries, according to the Federal Election Commission filings. Now, what they say here is that the spending represented a negligible amount for a midterm election cycle in which an estimated 8.9 billion with a b was spent 8.9 billion dollars was spent according to open secrets <clears throat> so this defense by the way is what i actually heard in interviews as well a new york politician a democratic new york politician was interviewed, and that was what he said. One of the organizations that he was affiliated with had something like a $3 million budget. And uh, when asked about funding Republican candidates in their primaries, he was like, Well, yeah, but we only used $400,000 or whatever it was out of our $3 million budget. Um, 
as if to say it wasn't that much money that we spent on it. But we're still talking about millions of dollars overall that was spent. And it's just all a game. It's all a game. They're playing with our politics. And quite frankly, from the results, it looked like it largely worked for the most part once they got those more extremist, election-denying, right-wing, MAGA Republicans in there than in the general election. Those people got beat uh, overwhelmingly as we're seeing the results from the election. Uh, so much so, so much of it now has become about two major parties that have made everything center on personality politics that they would rather spend millions of dollars on picking the enemy that they can vilify rather than advancing specific agendas or ideas. And that would go both ways. If we were, if the tables were turned, Republicans would have done the same thing. I mean, it, it goes on. But any thought of substantive discussion and dialogue around complex issues, it's just erased. It's, it's, it's not a reality. And apparently not voting for this mess to continue is throwing my vote away. And that's just weird to me. Now, the libertarian or third party response to this would be that an unprincipled vote is the only wasted vote. Um, and that voting really is a chance to tell the state and perhaps even the country what your vision of government society really is. And I get it. that's that's idealistic. Um, one last idealistic thing that they would say is, you know, people say, well, most of us just pick one of the two because we're going to vote for the lesser of two evils. And the response to that would be that the lesser of two evils is still evil. So those are all idealistic claims. And uh, I get it both sides. And you can you can make all those arguments. But let's move from the idealism idealistic uh, approach to very practical. Um, lots of eyes are on Georgia right now as we're still coming off this last election. And one of the reasons that um, is closely watched is because there's going to be a runoff because of a guy named Chase Oliver who almost no one knows and who I had never heard of before a few days ago. And the Senate race in Georgia wrapped up with Warnock having 49.4%, get these numbers, Herschel Walker had 48.5% of the vote. Neither candidate got to the 50% threshold precisely because of this third party libertarian candidate, Chase Oliver, who got just 2% of the vote. But now people are vying and fighting for those 2% and trying to persuade those people to go one way or another. Those numbers and statistics are from Politico, by the way, as of November 11th. So we're a few days out from that now. Voting and elections are as much about ideas and trends as they are about candidates. And so with the country split virtually right down the middle between liberal and conservative, Democrat and Republican, uh, blue and red, the fight is really for a smaller and smaller percentage of the population. We know that people who are identifying as independents is increasing. And uh, that includes that group of libertarians that are in the third party uh, aspect as well. And the role of third parties is important in that they force major political parties to address issues that they may have avoided touching on in the past. And what would be nice to see is the two major parties embrace the fact that they need to talk through the issues and debate these um, topics in more detail. But that's not the direction they take. And so both in 2020 and 2022, 
Republican candidates in Texas asked the Texas Supreme Court to remove libertarian candidates from the ballot. And now in both cases, the request was rejected, but honestly, it was more for procedural reasons and like um, filing deadlines and things like that, rather than because of a substantive legal argument for it. Um, so it's just it's just all of that t- taken together. And maybe open primaries or semi-closed primaries and ranked choice voting will become more prevalent. Um, and, and that could be something that would open things up a little bit more, I think, that we should consider. But here's what I can tell you in wrapping this up. I work with students in our public school system, and I can assure you their level of understanding based on our current system does not advance our ideals. It is blue versus red. It is personality politics and nothing more that they are understanding and they are being fed in high, high doses. Um, And I just don't think that's good. I don't think that's good for our country and the direction we're going. We need something that can be more substantive. So I don't have the solution for that. We haven't figured that out. Um, But in the meantime, you can make your voice heard and do your democratic responsibility and vote for my Substack by subscribing. I mean, after all, democracy is at stake. Have a great day.